0: Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Tuesday, the 18th of February, 2020, and we're back with episode 136 of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. To kick things off today, first of all, just a huge thank you to all of you who subscribed to my YouTube channel. Uh, over the weekend, I managed to crack 100 subscribers, which means I finally grabbed my custom URL, Thing is, though, it's not quite what I had in mind because, of course, I imagined I would end up with something, you know, a bit catchy, a bit succinct, easily memorable, like, you know, YouTube.com slash Autonomous Hoag. Yeah, well, except that I didn't because apparently what YouTube does is they grab your YouTube channel name, the title, and they basically just slap that on to the end of YouTube.com. So I've ended up with, wait for it, YouTube.com slash Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue. That's A-U-T-O-N-O-M-O-U-S-C-A-R-S-W-I-T-H-M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. And breathe. Yeah, so it took me only 17 takes to rattle that off. But in any event, um, do check it out. I know I haven't produced a ton of videos in the past. Really, the only two worth viewing are the, let's see, I think it was the one year anniversary video uh, for which I reviewed Tesla's autopilot and... More recently, of course, a few weeks ago, the Cruise Origin Reveal Party, but coming up soon, possibly as early as next week, I'm hoping hoping to get my hands on a uh, Tesla with the upgraded hardware version 3, so that should be pretty cool. Um, What else? Also, this past weekend, I started getting a bunch of congratulations notes from many of you on LinkedIn. Uh, Apparently, it was the two-year anniversary of this podcast, so thank you very much for that. It hadn't even occurred to me. And just stopping for a moment to think about it, that's a pretty big deal for me because remember I started this podcast as kind of a fun passion project on the side. My intent was never to end up being a podcaster, nor frankly is that still my intent. Rather I do this because well frankly, you all seem to love this as at least based on the feedback I've gotten on Twitter at Autonomous Hogue, of course on LinkedIn, on you know, by email. Um and, uh, and of course the ratings on Apple podcasts, which still, by the way, are a solid 5.0. So thanks very much for that indeed. Um, but really the biggest, obvious, most profound impact this has had on my life, of course, is to connect with so many of the most brilliant minds in the field of AV and mobility from around the world. Not least of which my founding co-partners, Felix Dochmeyer and Martin Adler, with whom of course I built Hogue & Co., uh... You know, we've we've now got eleven team members from around the world, almost all of whom are PhDs, uh, engineers, startup founders, attorneys like yours truly, and I really do feel pretty confident saying I think we might be the only strategy consulting firm in the world that is singularly focused on AV and mobility with that sort of an academically heavy team. So yeah, if you're in the automotive space or you're a supplier, a technology company, uh, if you're a government municipality, and if you need any particular help with anything in the avian mobility space and all ancillary fields besides, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can check out our website at and, of course, all social media and LinkedIn at Hogan Co. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O. Right. Today, what have we got? MIT has a ground-penetrating radar. Tesla apparently has definitively a six-year lead on, well, everybody. And speaking of Tesla, do they have a problem when it comes to selling autonomous cars? All this right now. All right, so to kick things off today, uh, I want to talk about something which it, it sounds vaguely familiar. Um, you know, the spiritual predecessor to this podcast was a blog I had started, uh, I think around 2015 or so, called Innovately. In fact, weirdly, it still lives over at Um, There's this idea that, well, what do you do if roads are covered in snow and ice or otherwise invisible to... The LIDAR and radar and sensor suite and computer vision of of AVs. And like, how are they supposed to see the road? I mean, it's hard enough for humans to drive when they can't see the road. What's an autonomous vehicle supposed to do? Well, so one idea is to effectively scan through the road surface to effectively look under the snow and ice. And, well, so it turns out that five or six years ago there was, in fact, a military project which was was launched um, through MIT, which has recently spun out into a company called WaveSense. Now, they did – again, they already successfully tested this in the military. And the idea is as follows. Um, So there is, first of all, a – there are mapping cars, mapping vehicles, which will drive around, and they are kitted out with so-called – ground-penetrating radar, that's GPR, which can effectively scan something like 10 feet. That's about three-ish meters. Uh, They can scan below the road surface, at which point it turns out that every stretch of road is, well, effectively unique, meaning the structure of the rocks, underground utility lines, cabling, pipes, you name it, they're unique. And they effectively form a sort of, well, fingerprint of sorts. And so this this GPR basically from the, from the mapping vehicles, right? So, so it scans through the road surface. It generates this unique fingerprint sort of map. Then when other autonomous cars are driving along, they too have their own onboard GPR, ground penetrating radar. And so if the road is obstructed, say by snow and ice, they can then do their own scan. And by cross-referencing their own scan to this sort of master scan map that was already produced, Well, they can then tell precisely where they are. Because again, the idea is that every stretch of road is truly unique from a radar image point of view. And so in this case, they can determine with a remarkably high degree of accuracy where they are. In fact, it turns out that the accuracy at highway speeds can be within four to six centimeters. That's about a one and a half to two and a half inches, uh, depending on the weather. So this is pretty remarkable stuff. Um, So... You know, if this sounds a bit familiar, that's because, well, Cadillac does a similar type of thing, not in terms of being GPR, uh, but rather in the sense that Cadillac Super Cruise um, effectively pre-maps out certain stretches of freeway and some roads, bridges, that sort of thing. And then any existing vehicle now then sort of cross-references where they are with that master map. So. The The understanding of the world, the ability to see the street, really what they're looking at is other vehicles and lane markings, but not so much the actual road itself. This is effectively using that master map to navigate. Interestingly, this technology could also be used for parking structures. So in the same way that the GPR can do subterranean roadway mapping, uh, similarly, it could also be used for, well, mapping the various levels of a parking structure to effectively enable well, fully AV-compatible parking structures. Uh, This is actually a really big deal, and it's not something we've really talked about too much, but suffice to say, for the near term, it's going to be crucial for parking structures to sufficiently handle AV operations, um, at the very least, just as an alternative, say, to valet service. Um, And in the, you know, never mind the rather more distant future, a few decades out, where the optimal state will be that cars will never need to be parked at all right? Because sort of like an aircraft, you know, if it's on the ground, it's not earning money. So it's got to always be flying. Same thing with an AV. Optimally, these these things should never actually be parked except to charge. Although now that I think about it, inductive charging should improve quite a bit so that they can charge while on the move also. Um, But yeah, so just thinking out loud here, yeah, I feel like there's something to be said about WaveSense starting discussions with construction companies hoping to get a Head start on effectively future proofing for uh, AV compatibility. And this is a pretty intriguing bit of technology. Look, if anybody knows the WaveSense team, or if anyone on the WaveSense team is listening, um, I'd really love to have a chat with you. Uh, incidentally, their website is wavesense.io. That's W A V E S E N S E dot I O. All right, so I'm going to spend the next two segments talking uh, for a change about Tesla. I don't really talk about them too much, Um, but the reason I want to discuss them now is because you may have heard that that engineer in Japan who had apparently disassembled a a Tesla Autopilot version 3 computer and basically concluded after looking at the complexity of it and how advanced it was that, quote unquote, we cannot do it. And one of the really impressive things that was discovered was when the computer was disassembled, all the components bore the brand mark, the logo of Tesla, which effectively verified that Tesla literally owns their entire supply chain. They are their supply chain. They are not subject to third parties for, well, really anything. And to give you an example of what a big deal this is, I mean, you look at Jaguar, right? They just had to temporarily halt production of their new iPace. pace electric vehicle, uh, because they had battery constraint issues, uh, supply issues. I'm not going to turn this into an EV discussion, but let's focus to the AV part of this. Obviously uh, with respect to Tesla's autopilot, look, obviously there's a ton of incredible companies out there doing great stuff. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of cruise. Um, obviously there's Waymo, there's Uber, which is once again, testing on the hilly streets of San Francisco. There's Optimus ride. There's Zooks. Speaking of whom, I really need to do a segment on them. Um, But and that's great, and they're incredible companies. I'm just saying that as of today, there is no consumer product in consumers' hands, certainly not from a company which is now, well, for the first time ever, showing an annual profit, uh, which has anywhere near the sort of semi, admittedly marginal, semi autonomy that Tesla offers with its autopilot system. And this is a really big deal. In fact. This engineer concluded that that Tesla have at least a six-year head start on anybody, and that they are just that far advanced there, six years into the future. And this kind of perfectly, I mean, it's kind of the lower bound of some other estimates we've heard that Tesla has between seven and 10 years head start. And I guess you can kind of think about this by looking at the first Tesla Model S. If I'm not mistaken, this first started deliveries into consumers' hands back in 2012. And yeah, let's face it, there is no... There is no vehicle on the market which can compete with a Tesla from 2012. There just isn't. I mean, okay, the Porsche Taycan, which just recently got launched, okay, that's a brilliant car. It's a Porsche through and through. And yes, Bill Gates made headlines uh, because he chose a Taycan uh, over a Tesla. Um, I mean, so what? It, the thing costs like two times the most expensive Tesla. It's a Porsche. Nobody ever cross-shopped a Porsche with a with a Ford or a GM or a Honda or a, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Frankly, I would say it the other way around that the, the fact that Porsche are now producing their own EV performance, EV sedan that effectively validates that, you know, Tesla is onto something, but they, they, they can't compete with the whole package, right? They don't have the over the year updates, the supercharger network. Um, certainly not the price point, but again, in Porsche's defense, they're not meant to have the same price point. So that's fine. But so so who is there? I mean, look, again, looking at GM, I love the Chevy Bolt. I think it's a great little car, but at its price point, and even given its admittedly really impressive range, I mean, who wouldn't just get a Model 3 at that point? Again, you get the supercharger network, you get the -the over-the-air updates, and yeah, you get Autopilot, which for all of its faults, flaws, and limitations, is still by far and away the best system out there. By far and away. So let's... Try to unpack this a bit though and understand what's going on and where things are headed and what is going to happen once Tesla do in fact reach level four autonomy and what that means for the company as a whole and also for consumers. All right, so to discuss this further, I want to refer you to an article over on uh, Business Insider by Matthew DeBoard. It's titled, Tesla's Biggest Problem with Self-Driving Cars is that it actually has to sell them to customers. I mean, with all due respect to Matthew, I wonder whether this is some intentional clickbait because, frankly, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, You know, the argument is that, unlike Cruise and Weibo, as Matthew explains, uh, Tesla's created their business around building cars and selling them to consumers, as opposed to building a car sharing model, which is obviously what Cruise and Waymo and everyone else are going for. Um, but this is just patently false. I mean, I think many of you listening to my podcast will know that Elon's master plan is, of course, to include, you know, um, to, to be able to include your own. Tesla vehicles, Model 3, Model Y, and presumably Model S and X, I don't know, um, in the Tesla taxi fleet, where your Tesla can autonomously drive around, picking up, dropping off passengers and earning you money. In fact, this is why Elon said that the effective value of a Model 3 today being, you know, is just $60,000, say, but in the future, in a few years, it's going to be worth something between a dollars and $200,000 right? Because it'll be effectively paying for itself and then some by virtue of being able to autonomously drive around and pick up passengers. So, I mean, let's think about that, right? So, I did a little bit of analysis, admittedly more for the stock price (laughs) than anything else, but it's worth diving into just a little bit. So, let me read to you a bit of what I've written for myself here, (laughs) just for my own uh, thoughts on the matter. You know, I wrote this, what, two days after Tesla stock just exploded, hit like $940 a share. Uh, this gave it a market cap of $160 billion. Now, what's interesting is that if that market cap were based solely on the total number of cars produced to date, something around a million cars, I believe, well, then each car would be valued at approximately, a, um, well, you take $160 uh, billion divided by a million cars, you end up with a, about $160,000 per car. Well... For perspective, that $160,000 price point, it's about the price of a fully loaded Model X and about 2.3 and 2.2 times higher than a fully loaded Model 3 and Model Y, respectively. Now, obviously, the stock price is not based solely on the sum of all produced cars' values, but rather much more besides, right? So batteries, supercharger network, the forthcoming Tesla AV taxi fleet, (laughs) right, uh, the upcoming semi truck, the Cybertruck, Solar City, not to mention Tesla's acquisition of Maxwell Batteries, which, mark my word, will soon result in a radical new battery chemistry that can achieve at least sixty percent recyclable material. Not to mention five hundred miles or more of range. But here's the interesting thing, right? So that one hundred and sixty thousand dollar figure that we're, we've been talking about—it's actually right in the middle of that hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollar range that Elon has suggested a Tesla Model 3 will be worth once they're plugged into the AV taxi fleet in a year or so. So, you know, I I guess what I'm getting at is, is that this notion that Tesla is is somehow missing this master game plan of being more of a car sharing company rather than a car owning company, which of course would indeed completely forsake the necessary three prongs of the future of, uh, of the automobile, which is, uh, automation, electrification, and sharing. All right. Well, the point is Tesla is precisely not neglecting that. That is exactly what they're going to. That's exactly what they're they're trying to build. So I don't really understand the point of that article. And frankly, if if Matthew is uh, if Matthew's listening to this, then hey, by all means, why don't you jump on the podcast? We can have a chat. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Hey, please don't forget if you're interested in taking our survey on consumer acceptance of autonomous cars, please head on over to hoagandco.com and and click the banner at the top of your screen. It's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O. Until next time, that should be on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye-bye.